0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can take them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one can take them out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. What's well, a nice little short gospel, right? Much shorter than some of the other ones, right? The today is the fourth Sunday of Easter, and so we always celebrate uh, Good Shepherd Sunday, and so we take. From the three different years, A, B, and C, uh, different phrases from Jesus talking about himself as the Good Shepherd. Today we hear from the Gospel of John, where he identifies as the Shepherd calling forth to the sheep. Now, one of the things to know about uh, shepherding and shepherds and sheep is that. Uh, they did it a little bit different than we do it in the modern day. Now, I don't know how many of you know kind of how to shepherd sheep or kind of what the normal operation or grew up in a farm or anything else, but a lot of the day time in the modern day, now they have sheep. You know, you kind of have your own land, and so you have it all, uh, you know, already penned off and everything, or you have it in some countries where you'll actually have your own land, but you'll actually spray paint the sheep, and so you'll actually see sheep with, like, different colors on them, partly to, again, identify them. At this time, they didn't have any spray paint, right? They also didn't, uh, you know, mark off all the land. Instead, it was free grazing land. And so a shepherd would go out with his sheep, and he would take them, and he would walk with them, and he would keep them safe, and he would take them from one pasture to another. And very often, he would run into other shepherds. Well, how did they keep them apart? Well, they didn't. The The sheep would often intermingle. And at night, especially, they would often share kind of keeping the watch with other shepherds so that, uh, you know, kind of able to have a whole bunch of sheep in one area, sometimes in the same pen. And they would have multiple shepherds who would keep watch. Well, how did they get them out? Well, they didn't have collars. They didn't have, again, these different identifications. What they had was their voice. And sheep... um, Well, one of the things about sheep is that they're very dumb and they don't know uh, very much. But one of the things that they do learn in their simplicity is that they learn the voice of the shepherd. Because from the very birth, their shepherd starts talking to them. And they, they talk to them and make a certain noise that all the sheep know. And so when they're all together and the shepherd is ready to take them out or to take them somewhere else, the shepherd would just start uh, speaking to them, making his noise that his sheep knew and the other sheep didn't. And so the other sheep would ignore it, but the sheep who knew the voice of the shepherd would follow the shepherd at that point, right? And so what was required was the sheep to know the voice of the shepherd. And it was by knowing the voice of the shepherd, by following them and trusting them, that they were led to new grass to greener pastures, and to be led in in a way of flourishing. Now, Jesus identifies as the good shepherd, but he also identifies us as the sheep, right? And like I said earlier, the sheep sometimes are are pretty dumb, right? We We need some protection. We need some help as well in that, that there are ravenous wolves, and there are other shepherds that would love to take us as well. Because, right, as they have more sheep, they get more income. So there are plenty of shepherds out there who are calling and making noise and want us to be part of their fold. However, we need to listen to the voice of Jesus. However, the voice of Jesus is sometimes a lot more subtle than the other voices and the other shepherds of the world. We live in a modern world. Now, in every age, there's different struggles and difficulties. So I don't want to say, I hate the idea that like, oh, we live in the worst age a lot of ways we live in one of the best ages but we also live in a particularly difficult age in many ways and one of the ways that we live difficult in a difficult way in this modern age is we live in an age of noise we live in an age when every single moment of our life can be taken up by noise now in some ways i'm talking about just the noise of music of tv of facebook and tiktok but also the noise of notifications The noise of anxiety, the noise of FOMO, right? The fear of missing out, the noise of just kind of avoiding ourselves and giving ourselves any sort of tasks or activities so that we don't have to be in silence. And why is that a danger of the modern day? Well, it's a danger because God often speaks, not in the noise, trying to compete with the entertainment of the world, but he often speaks in silence. How do we know that? Well, one of the greatest examples of prayer, one of the greatest uh, kind of prophets, was the prophet Elijah, who at one point spoke uh, bad prophecies that the king and queen of Israel did not like, and they sought his life, and God told him to go to Mount Carmel and to hide in a cave and wait until he comes, because he's going to tell him something. And so Elijah runs, and he goes to the cave on Mount uh, Mount Carmel. And there he's hiding he's waiting for the voice of God. He's waiting for God to speak to him. And initially he sees this he hears this loud driving wind that actually is so strong that it's breaking rocks. And he says, "Well, God must be in this wind, right? Think of the power of God. He must be in this." And he goes out and and it's not God. He it's not God in the wind. So he goes back in and then there's an earthquake and of course God is powerful enough to cause Earthquakes, And so he goes out and he says, surely this is God, right? This is God and his voice being heard. And so he goes out to listen to God. And God's not in the earthquake. And then a fire begins and it rages and it's powerful and it's consuming. And he says, well, this must be God. And so he goes out, but God's not in the fire. And then after that, there's a small whispering, silent noise. It's hard to translate exactly what the Hebrew says. But it's this noise that's also silent in a whispering voice. And it's in that that he finally says, and that was the voice of God. That was when God was speaking to him. And we know that God is powerful enough to speak to us in powerful ways, in earthquakes and fires, right? And the wind and in, in big ways. But he often chooses in our life and in the world to not be an overpowering shepherd who yells in our face, but one who knocks at the door and one who wants to speak to us and not uh, overcome us or, or violate our free will, but one who invites us and speaks to us all the time and is always there for us, but especially in the silence. And so as we kind of look at our life, I would just encourage us to be able to say, do we give God, space and time and silence to actually hear his voice? Do we give him that time? Now, I know that Lent is often a time to focus on prayer and fasting and almsgiving, but every single time as a Christian, we need to be developing our love of God and love of neighbor. We need to be drawing into deeper relationship with him. And prayer, especially, is one of those ways that we do that. And so it's not just Lent as a time to focus on prayer, but it's every moment of Christian life to continue to develop. Now, again, wherever we are, I don't expect us to all of a sudden all to be praying in a holy hour in silence uh, tomorrow, right? Or today. But I do expect us to hopefully build on what we already have, okay? And hopefully you have more than me. I'll, I'll give you a little example of what not to do. When I was a kid... I grew up in a good Catholic family. We prayed before meals, and we went to mass on Sunday. But other than that, I did not pray at all. I didn't really give any time. I I didn't pray at all. Uh, my mom tried to get us to pray at other times, but I mostly ran away. My grandma would pray rosary on occasion, and that was always a time to hide. You know, like oh, I'm really busy. I can't. Um, so that's kind of you know how I how I was when I was in high school. I was trying to figure out where to go to college. I'd been accepted to two different places, and my mom had helped me walk, walk, walk through the pros and cons. And, and then finally, at a point of just kind of being overwhelmed and everything else, and I couldn't make a decision, she, as a good holy woman that she is, she said, well, have you prayed about it? And I thought, you know what? Yeah, you're making me go to 7.30 a.m. Mass every single week. You're, you know, like, yeah, I should pray. You know, use this for something. You know, get something out of it. So I went to Mass next Sunday because I couldn't pray, you know, any time other than when I was forced, right? So I went to Mass. And before Mass, knelt down, you know, before Mass to pray, whatever. I was always confused by that part. But I was like, today I've got something to pray for, right? God, where do you want me to go to college? And I kind of kept that in mind throughout Mass. And at the end of Mass, I I didn't hear God speak to me at all. And I thought, well, it was worth a shot and didn't try again. Now, again, I, I offer that as a good example of what not to do, okay? Why did God not speak to me? Well, I wasn't listening to him. I wouldn't have been able to know his voice even if I heard it, right? And also, I didn't persevere very much. I tried once, right? Well, yeah, God uh, often has more plans for us than just to tell us the answer in a moment. That's one of the other things that we need to be very clear about God, that God's not a God who just wants to give us the answer and then go away, for us to go away. But it's someone who he wants us to grow closer with. And one of the ways that he does that is sometimes by not overpowering us, right? Right? but by making us freely choose and to give him that silence and that space to develop in relationship, not just for an answer, not just when we want something, but because we love him. Right? And to give him that silence and give him that time and space to be able to do that. Today, I... Uh, God is calling us to a deeper relationship. Unfortunately, again, there are so many different voices, and it's one of the things that I would say uh, today. We have a huge, sharp decrease in vocations, and that's not a re- that's not a reason because God is calling less people to holiness, but because less people are listening. Now, when I say vocations, I think many of you probably jump to the conclusion right away of priesthood. And I think that's certainly one of the vocations that is certainly in trouble today because young people don't have silence to pray and listen to God. Um, Absolutely. But I would also say it's also the vocation of religious life, of monks and nuns and sisters and friars and brothers, that also people aren't responding because they're not comfortable with silence are not open to silence or the will of God because they don't listen to his voice, because there are other shepherds who are so willing to fill in all the space of our day. But I would also say that's really important for our modern day is also the vocation of marriage. Now there's a difference in, in different marriages. There's a worldly marriage out of convenience and a contract, and there's a Christian marriage, which is a vocation And a sacrament, which is before the church and entering into a covenantal relationship for the good of the spouses and the procreation and education of children. And many people in the modern day enter into marriage and kind of in a way that is, again, not of a vocation, one of listening to the word of God and being called into marriage, but one simply out of the world. Well, it's the next step. It's what you do. Well, no. God actually calls each one of us individually. He calls us to a deeper relationship, and he also calls us to different vocations. And how do we know, how do we enter into that vocation, not of just our own will or of the world, but in a godly way, is again, of giving the good shepherd that time and silence to pray. And we need to develop this with young people, And how do we do that? Well, parents, that's all of you need to develop it first. Because you can't share what you haven't first received. You can't tell your children to do something and then not do it and expect them to do it, right? Where is the biggest lacking in the church today? You know, certainly we can complain about children or people not responding, but really it all begins with us, right? It needs to begin with us giving God that time first of silence to listen to Him. And then other people will be able to follow us and to be able to also become disciples of Jesus Christ in that. I've said it before that Mass is one of the greatest, it is the, the, perfect, the most perfect way that we can pray. Not always subjectively, but objectively it is. And one of the things that I know that we experience at Mass sometimes, I experienced as a kid, was that it's boring. And I would just say, Yeah, to a certain extent, it is. (laughs) But that doesn't mean that it's bad. right? It doesn't mean that just because it's not entertaining or just because you didn't get anything out of it in the moment, that it was a waste. A lot of the times, again, that's the modern kind of worldly way of judging whether something is effective or whether something is meaningful, whether you get something out of it in the moment or whether it's entertaining. Mass does not try to compete with the world for entertainment. It does try to compete with the world, I think, for beauty. This should be a beautiful place, and that should compete with the world, not in an entertainment beauty, but in a way that lifts our soul up to God. And one of the ways that that does that is by many different aspects, and one of the aspects that, again, I'd like us to be able to say today is in silence. Now, there can be noise around us, but we can still be in silence. To be able to listen to God in that. And when we have silence in Mass, it's not a mistake. It's not, oh, we got a quick fill it, But it's actually an intentional moment for us to, again, to listen to the voice of God. I hope that we're able to hear that and to be able to give God space and time here during this hour of Mass. However, don't be like high school, Sam, okay? And please take other time as well to pray and to continue to listen to, his, listen to his voice so that you might learn his voice in the small, whispering, quiet noise that God speaks to us in.